Louisiana Eats is brought to you with support from Louisiana Fish Fry, a staple of Louisiana kitchens for nearly 40 years. Maker of batters, coatings, boils, tartar sauce, cocktail sauce, and more. Louisiana Fish Fry, because life needs Louisiana flavor. From our studios in the Southern Food and Beverage Museum in New Orleans, this is Louisiana Eats. I'm Poppy Tooker. Most of the country makes New Year's resolutions that kick in right after January 1st. But in Louisiana, there tends to be a slight postponement. That's because carnival season, a time of indulgence, kicks off on January 6th with the astounding king cake eating and cocktail drinking that comes with it. So our resolutions about healthy living and sobriety tend to wait until Ash Wednesday, the day after Mardi Gras. On this week's show, we hear from experts about the merits of clean living. First, Dr. Erica Siegel, author of The Nourish Me Kitchen, shares some practical advice on achieving and maintaining optimal health. According to the good doctor, it all starts in your pantry. Next, two of the Big Easy's native sons, Chris Copeland and Dan Foreman, tell us about how their NOLA Detox and Recovery Center incorporates New Orleans-style hospitality and food to help clients overcome addiction. It's time to sober up and get healthy on this week's Louisiana Eats. Since she opened her practice, naturopathic doctor Erica Siegel has extolled the virtues of eating the right foods as the foundation of good health. Over the years, the Portland, Oregon-based physician has added additional tips on how patients can achieve and maintain optimal function. Across a decade and a half, Dr. Siegel collected all of her sage advice and put it into a book, The Nourish Me Kitchen. The first half of the two-volume set offers easily digestible recommendations from stocking a healthy pantry to getting a good night's sleep. The second half features more than 300 recipes for creating healthy and delicious meals. Hi, I'm Dr. Erica Siegel, and I'm here to talk about The Nourish Me Kitchen. Dr. Siegel, this is an amazing opportunity to share what is the most incredible sum of knowledge that I have ever seen in two volumes. You refer to Nourish Me Kitchen as a functional medicine reference book. I think we should begin by explaining what functional medicine is and tell us about your practice as a naturopathic physician. Great. I'd be happy to. Functional medicine is basically looking at the human body as uh, how can we optimize function. Uh, 
So not just looking for pathology and what's wrong with someone, but identifying all areas of their health and maximizing their functionality. So if we're looking at lab results, we're not looking for a disease range. We're looking for optimal range. If we're looking at diet, we're not just talking about perhaps where they might be deficient, but how they might optimize their diet for longevity and feeling great. So it's a different paradigm of medicine that isn't just looking for what's wrong, but how we can make the best of what someone is currently working with and optimize that. And naturopathy or naturopathic medicine is a form of functional medicine. There are also conventional doctors that practice this form of medicine, but it's basically asking why and getting to the root of problems instead of masking symptoms and trying to always work towards someone's personal best at that time in their life. Mm, You were perhaps the first naturopathic physician that perhaps I've ever met, which is really kind of a shame. I know. Because... um, as evidenced by the name of the book, The Nourish Me Kitchen, so much of health and well-being comes from the kitchen. It's true. Please explain to me how in the world life brought you down this path. I'm going to tell that story. And first, I want to comment on just how delighted I feel when you say that you know health and life starts in the kitchen. And that's truly how I feel, that the kitchen is the center of our home. We have two teenage boys, but they've been in that kitchen with us since they could stand. They've been chopping alongside us since they could hold uh, a plastic knife. And through that inspiration and that education, they are now really competent cooks. And they are also, um, they have a lot of pride in how they take care of themselves. So food is our first medicine. I think it should be our primary medicine. And of course, medications are important and necessary. But what we put in our body every day will really dictate how we feel and how long we live. Now, my path to get here, I actually went to Tulane University here in New Orleans. Love this city so much. I went to medical school after my undergraduate degree in psychology. I um, decided to study functional medicine and Chinese medicine because I thought it was a wonderful adjunct to the Western medical model. And I learned pretty soon in my schooling and afterwards there there weren't any resources like a one-stop shop where someone could learn all the tips and tools to take good care of themselves. So I actually started to write it um, nearly 15 years ago when I was compiling treatment plans for patients saying the same thing over and over again. I decided to put it in a succinct you know, format where people could look up anything that they were dealing with, any health concern, and just how to understand the the foundations of their health. And then, of course, a cookbook had to go along with it because cooking good food is the foundation of our health. Oh, I'm telling you, (laughs) you can um, value this book by the pound. And one of the things that I really appreciate about your work is the tone of it. Because while there is an astounding amount of information, you never sound like you're lecturing us. You refer to something that you call mindful eating. Mm -hmm. And we hear so much about mindfulness now. But this was my first introduction to mindful eating. Mm -hmm. So 
mindful eating is something that gives you the opportunity to bring your attention and intention to what you're eating and how you eat it. So the the choices of what you're going to get off of the menu or get in the supermarket all the way to how you're going to cook it and sit down and eat it. In the book, I talk about mindful eating through the lens of actually sitting down, recognizing that you're about to eat your food, giving your digestive system an opportunity to recognize you're about to eat your food and your brain, your nervous system, getting everything online because when we actually connect all those dots, we digest better. Well, one of the things you write about and that you teach us how to do is changing our relationships with food. Mm-hmm. You know, many people might think, oh, this is a book about losing weight or, but it's really not no. because so many of us have a very screwed up relationship with what we eat. We do. We've been shamed and guilted and it doesn't actually work to be shamed and guilted. And our choices aren't coming from a place of love and compassion for ourselves. And it's just it's just so unfortunate to see how people are making choices based on through that feeling of, you know, oh, I should, I shouldn't. And so my language, as you as you already said, is very compassionate. Um, that was important to me that everyone always f- felt invited to this party and that they could find themselves in these books, even if they are looking to lose weight or aren't looking to lose weight. Really, it's it's so beyond that. It's really about connecting to themselves and what's authentic for them right now. And the really neat thing about taking good care of yourself from this place of compassion is you will naturally find yourself in better health. A big buzzword today, we hear so much about stress eating. Mm-hmm. And that is certainly something mm-hmm. that you address in this book. One of the things that just blew me away, there were so many new thoughts you gave me. Mm. And pronia is certainly one of those things. We all know about paranoia Uh and the stress that that Mm -hmm. can bring you and Uh how needless so much of our paranoia is. But what in the world is pronia? Am I even saying yeah, right? right. Uh, pronoia is how I... Pronoia. Yeah. It's this interesting concept that I, I read about probably 20 years ago and just kind of it stuck with me. And it's this concept that the universe and your body are conspiring in your favor. So instead of thinking as the victim, as we might think like, oh, gosh, my car broke down or I stubbed my toe or this hurts or this is bad, can we perhaps look at things through the idea and the lens that think about all the things that are going right for you in this moment. You wake up and your eyes are able to see receive light and color. You have two feet that get you up out of bed and all of the zillion you know things that are happening in concert so you can function and function well. And There's actually interesting studies on this that people that focus on gratitude as opposed to what's the one thing that's wrong will start to change. Their brain will actually physically change. Um, There's a book uh, by Mark Seligman that describes this phenomenon that when we start to see things through a lens of gratitude, which pronoia certainly trains you for, 
it changes how you think about things. You don't see those little nagging things as the thing that's going to get you down. You see it as an obstacle that you can work around. You see it as the one thing that's wrong when there's a zillion things going right. And it just, it helps you move through your day with more grace and ease because nothing's going to be perfect, but wow, I'm still moving through my day. And I, I just thought that was an important thing to weave in because, again, we, we tend to focus on what's wrong with us. And we have an opportunity to focus on all the things that are also right. That is just so important. And, again, something very surprising to find in a book entitled The Nourish Me Kitchen. Right. You know, I have my own relationship with stress that 10 years ago – made me so sick, I I had a heart attack and wow. almost died. Wow. But in the interim, I have developed my own new relationship with stress. And it fascinated me that along with these suggestions and along with these thoughts, you also gave us some very solid advice about breathing and movement. Mm -hmm. That is one of the philosophies I know I live by. Mm -hmm. Move a muscle, change a thought. Yeah. And you know what? It really works for it, me. It is the best medicine. Movement. It's our birthright. And, you know, it's if you observe children, you see that they want to move and then they want to rest and they want to move and they want to rest. And that is our natural inclination as a human. And it's only as we grow up and older that we sit and we're stagnant and we don't intentionally move our bodies in this, this modern culture. We don't have to. So movement has become now a privilege instead of something that is, you know, required of us for, for survival. And, but I believe that movement is required for good survival for true strength into old age. If you want to be 70 years old and be able to take a brisk walk and get up the stairs and move your you know, groceries around, you need to be moving all the way through until that age. And I just believe that without movement, there's stagnation. And when there's stagnation, there's dis-ease or disease. That's, that's what I was taught in my training. And I see it in my life. I'm, I'm going to be 50 in a couple months from now. I honestly feel like I'm in the best shape of my life. And it's because I have a, I have a movement practice that I'm committed to. Frankly, I find it astounding that you said you were about to be 50. It's another topic that you cover in this book, Aging Gracefully, mm -hmm. which I think we would all like to do. Yes. So how do you recommend we make that happen? Yeah, it's really about focusing on the foundations of health. And I do line out the foundations in book one of the Nourish Me Kitchen, which is entitled The Essential Health Wisdom. The foundations are the things you probably already and your listeners know about, but maybe don't think of them in categories of foundational for their health. Hydration, good food, movement, rest, sleep, being outside, having um, good community, authentic relating. These are the things I consider to be the foundations of health and truly the foundations of aging gracefully. Sure, we can we can add in superfoods. We can add in, you know, wonderful products to put on our body. There, are, We can always go to the next level. But without those foundations, I just don't think 
you know, it's going to work. You can't, you can't supplement yourself out of a bag of chips. You know, you can, if you're going to eat a nutrient poor diet, you, you know, there's only so much that supplements are going to do for you. So I do, I do like supplementation, but I think it should be supplementing a strong foundation. That was Dr. Erica Siegel with tips on living a healthier life. Coming up next, we'll hear even more good advice from the Nourish Me Kitchen and Dr. Erica Siegel. Louisiana Eats returns after the break. Poppy Tooker, and you're listening to Louisiana Eats, edible content for Louisiana food lovers. Louisiana Eats is brought to you with major support from Crystal Hot Sauce, always made with just three simple ingredients, aged red cayenne peppers, distilled white vinegar, and salt. Nothing artificial. Crystal Hot Sauce. Step out of the heat and into the flavor. From Rouse's Markets, synonymous with seafood straight from Louisiana's waterways, Rouse's Markets tastes like home. And from Camellia Brand, Beans Done Right, a New Orleans tradition since 1923. Camellia's latest innovation makes life easy for today's smaller households. Beans for two. If a bag of beans is too big for your family, Camellia's New Orleans-style red beans for two and Cajun-style white beans for two has everything needed for dinner in today's smaller households. Learn more at CamelliaBrand.com. For those of you just joining us, we're speaking with naturopathic physician Dr. Erica Siegel. Her weighty tome, The Nourish Me Kitchen, is a functional medicine reference book with sage advice for pretty much anything and everything that ails you. Dr. Siegel, when we talk about getting our bodies to do the right things for us, Mm One of the things that you introduce us to mm-hmm. in the first volume of the book mm-hmm. that then we're certainly following up with in the 300 recipes <laughs> is the pantry, the whole food pantry. Mm-hmm. It seems like this is a fairly easy step that people can begin to make right off the bat at home. Walk us through that process. Yeah, I think the most simple way to describe a whole foods pantry is foods that your grandparents would recognize. So when you walk into a supermarket, your grandparents would recognize the produce area, the fish and meat counter, and the dairy counter. Beyond that, it might be unrecognizable. All the bags, all the boxes, with all the ingredients that they've never heard of. And quite honestly, those are the ingredients that are the downfall of most of our diets. 
if we can stick to fruits, veggies, nuts and beans, and the meat counter, the fish counter, and the dairy counter, and make that the mainstay of our diet, we will have much more, you know, much more health. We, our bodies will work better. Processed foods are the downfall of our health and our diets. It's fascinating that the areas you're describing are always, it seems, the outward the parameters yep. of the inside of a grocery yep. store. Shop the perimeter of the supermarket. And what about frozen foods? Frozen foods are fine. However, some of them are very processed. So a frozen pizza is very different than frozen peas or broccoli. Frozen vegetables actually do retain quite a bit of their nutrition and can be a very healthy part of your diet. So I don't have a problem with frozen fruits and veggies. It's the frozen lean cuisine dinner that I might have more of a problem with. And it's just really about the way that that food has been processed, the oils that have been used in the processing, and the, the freshness of the grains that have been ground. You, you really, it's a slippery slope once you start going down the processing pathway and the foods have been denatured. And it's not that our body doesn't like corn, but it might not like corn that's been milled and ground and then mixed with canola or sunflower oil and a bad salt and sitting on a shelf for six months. Our body doesn't really know what to do with that. It's very different than corn on the cob with some butter on it, which is a perfectly fine food. Well, you're not going to find the stable ingredients for your pantry in the parameter of the store. Right. So when we do venture down those aisles, what mm -hmm. are we looking for? When we're um, in the other aisles, you're saying? Yes, yes. Yeah, I would say if you're looking for breads, you're looking for the least amount of ingredients possible. So like a German rye that literally has rye in it, yeast and water and salt. That's it. So if a, if a label says made with whole grains, but you look at it and you can't see a single thing, it's been processed just as much as the white bread. So you're looking for simple ingredients, ingredients you can read and understand. Um, and I would say it's really important to choose your fats wisely because the, the vegetable oils are creating so much inflammation in our bodies and inflammation leads down the road to many, many health problems. And most of our packaged foods have a a vegetable oil that we would be better off not eating. So that's canola oil, soybean oil, safflower, sunflower. Those oils, grapeseed, rapeseed, would be best avoided. You're, you're in good shape with olive oil, butter, coconut oil. And the list is pretty small. Or really well-sourced animal lard, actually, which you can find in specialty shops or online. So when you're looking at labels and boxes, keeping it simple. Again, something your grandparent would recognize. Do they know what polysorbate is or would they not know what that is? Probably best to put it down if it has a bunch of ingredients you can't even pronounce. Now, the second volume mm -hmm. of your incredible work is Wholesome Everyday Recipes. Mm -hmm. And it has over 300 recipes. And one of the things that really fascinated me was your superwoman smoothie. Ah, yes. That, that seems to pack 
quite a punch. Yes. Tell us about that. Yeah. So the Superwoman smoothie, my goal with some of my recipes were um, for people to f- consider their food as medicine. So I see a lot of women who have hormonal imbalances, perimenopausal women that say, what can I do? How can I eat foods that are going to actually support me during this time? So I developed the Superwoman smoothie to include superfoods, really, that will help um, like maximize and stabilize our hormones. So I include maca in there, which is really good for our estrogen balance. I include uh, ground flax seeds in there, which is really helpful also for estrogen and for um, removing cholesterol from the body. Um, Let's see what else in there. I have some antioxidant-rich fruits. I really just wanted to create something that would be easy and accessible for someone to put in the blender and feel like they're treating themselves to not just food, but something that actually has medicinal therapeutic effect. Well, I think the Superwoman smoothie might be part of that unbelievable 50th year that you're heading into. <laughs> I, I, I'm very suspect that that I could know. be part it of it. It could be. And um, while you just told us, you just said those words that often doctors recoil from, butter, well-sourced animal lard. Right. Um, at the same time, while you were not purporting a vegan or a raw lifestyle, right. I was fascinated by your recommendations about food and heat. Yeah. So it's really interesting. When we start to heat our food, it starts to denature. You know, you put oils in front of heat and it's going to change. Like if you were to put butter in the microwave and then it were to come to room temperature again, it doesn't really look, taste, or act like the butter did before. So how heat interacts with our food does make a difference. I think cooking an egg is the best example. So the healthiest way to prepare an egg is hard-boiled. The heat has only touched the outside of the shell. It hasn't penetrated to the fatty center, the yolk, and the whole egg is intact. The next would be a soft boil and from there. And a scramble with direct heat and oil contacting the egg starts to denature it. So it would be, quote, the least healthy. Now, I'm not saying don't scramble your eggs. Scrambled eggs do not really probably have a problem in your body unless you maybe have super high cholesterol or poorly sourced eggs. But just this understanding that like steaming a vegetable is going to wake it up and bring out the brightness of the, of the even in the color of the vegetable, start to break down the cell walls and make it easier to digest. If you um, fry that same vegetable in, let's say, vegetable oil, <laughs> tempura, you're at a Chinese restaurant, you get, you know, veggies, tempura. Now you've exposed that vegetable to all the oils, the heat, of course, the breading and beyond. So yeah, I go into um, a chapter that says cooking method matters. And it does matter. It's not huge. It's not something to change your whole life over, but something to recognize that your cooking method does matter. And do you have any other thoughts on why the Nourish Me Kitchen is important to everyone, no matter their age, Mm. whether you're a mother to be mm-hmm. or one taking care of children right. or if you're an older person mm-hmm. desperately trying to age gracefully. Yeah, thank you for that. Well, why it was important to me, I uh, have been raising two boys now into teenhood. We have a 15 and a 16-year-old and I've always been interested in health, but as a new mom, my interest really escalated. I just wanted to give them the best opportunity for health and life and 
my choice, um, I started to bring a lot more attention to my choices. And now when I have the opportunity to teach others, I'm kind of taking them along that journey with me. It took me a lot of time to understand how to raise a healthy family, how to talk about growing foods and how um, not to just put dessert on a pedestal and how not to demonize candy and make it something that they're sneaking away to go, you know, eat while I'm not looking. So how do we educate people so they're making good choices and it comes from an authentic place? And it really took a lot of thought to get there. And I'm really proud to say that my kids have the freedom to go buy candy, and they will. But they usually make different choices because they don't like how it feels in their body. And that's what I'm trying to educate people through my books is that sort of that thought process and how they can begin to think that way. And I do think that it is relatable for people of all ages. I have 12-year-olds that tell me this is their favorite book. I have 75-year-olds that tell me this is their favorite book. And while that was my intention, I am pretty surprised that it actually worked, that people are kind of finding themselves in the pages and finding where they relate to the information. It's not for everyone to go that deep. Not everyone has to read about the ins and outs of the different forms of fat, but they can easily glide past those pages and find something that they do relate to. Maybe they're just excited about the sweets section, having sweets that feel good in your body, that you don't feel deprived, but you also don't feel yucky after you eat it. So my intention was to help relay this information in a, a relatable fashion and in a way that people feel inspired to make change or to, you know, just go the next layer within the change they've already, you know, the path they've already been on. Dr. Siegel, your work is so inspiring and I'm just thrilled that you came across my purview and we got to have this conversation. For people who are looking for your book, Mm -hmm. would like to know more about you and your work, or interested in finding a naturopathic physician Mm -hmm. of their own, what recommendations do you have? Well, first, I have a website, nourishme.com. And as far as learning about how someone could work with a naturopathic physician, the AANP, which is the American Association for Naturopathic Physicians, has an online resource where you can put in your zip code and it will help direct you to naturopathic physicians in your area. If you live in an area where naturopaths don't work because the licensing varies from state to state, you can also look up to find a functional medical doctor. Practitioners that practice functional medicine, have this same training and same line of thinking to get to the root of a problem and help with people work towards prevention and longevity. Thank you so much for your time and thank you for your amazing work in the Nourish Me Kitchen. Thank you, Poppy. It's been such a pleasure to be here. Thank you. That was Dr. Erica Siegel, naturopathic physician and author of The Nourish Me Kitchen. Aside from watching what you eat and drink, what are some other easy ways to improve the quality of your life? Stay tuned, and we'll explore that question when we come right back. 
I'm Poppy Tooker, and you're listening to Louisiana Eats, edible content for Louisiana food lovers. Louisiana Eats is brought to you with major support from Blue Plate Mayonnaise, the beloved secret ingredient of Louisiana kitchens for over 90 years. Blue Plate's rich, creamy mayo is crafted from their timeless recipe. Just oil, vinegar, and only the egg yolks. Blue Plate mayo. That's the good stuff. And from Louisiana Fish Fry. Now doing for chicken what they've always done for fish. Fried chicken tenders, wings, sandwiches, and more. Louisiana Fish Fry has you covered with a mix specially for chicken. Louisiana Fish Fry, because life needs Louisiana flavor. And from Visit the North Shore, discover world-class culinary flavors on Louisiana's North Shore. Experience the bounty of the bayou and rich culture from award-winning chefs, soulful mom-and-pop restaurants, extraordinary bakers, and creative mixologists. To learn more, request the Explore the North Shore Visitor Guide for inspirational stories, custom itineraries, and event information at visitthenorthshore.com. St. Tammany Parish, Louisiana's easy escape. Just 40 minutes from New Orleans French Quarter. Here's this week's culinary quiz question, brought to you with support from Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen. Aside from watching what you eat and drink, what are some of the easy ways to improve the quality of your life? First, breathe. Close your eyes and breathe in deep belly breaths. That deep breathing is so psychologically helpful in stress reduction. Breathe in and out, thinking only about your breath. Your body will respond happily. You'll see. Physical exercise is always good for mind and body, but Dr. Siegel urges us to stop and be still. That ability to sit with oneself can sometimes be a challenge, but with experience, your next stop could be an actual meditation practice. Not enough time for all that hoo-ha? Let's move on to another key element. Sleep. Seven to nine hours of shut-eye is what's widely recommended. Sleep is something we all have to take time for and often don't get enough of. But what surprised me about Dr. Siegel's advice was when to sleep. As the sun goes down, the lack of light tells the brain it's time to go to sleep, automatically triggering a secretion of melatonin that sets off other neurochemicals, preparing you to go to sleep in a few hours. Doctors agree 10 p.m. is the best bedtime, with 6 or 7 a.m. being the perfect time to rise, ready to meet the day. The catch is consistency. Getting on and staying on a consistent sleep schedule will change your life. So remember to breathe, be still, and get your sleep. Your body will thank you. I'm Poppy Tooker, 
and you're listening to Louisiana Eats. Chris Copeland and Dan Foreman share similar backgrounds. They both grew up in New Orleans as sons of prominent fathers. Eventually, both also developed substance abuse problems, and both have also found successful recovery. It's small wonder the two joined forces to create an addiction treatment program called NOLA Detox. Chris and Dan brought more than just their personal history with substance abuse to the running of NOLA Detox. They also brought their experience growing up in a city known for its hospitality and great food and used those aspects of our local culture to provide comfort and care during their patients' recovery. My name is Chris Copeland. I'm the Chief Operating Officer at NOLA Detox. My name is Dan Foreman. I'm the Chief Executive Officer of NOLA Detox. Gentlemen, I am so tickled to have you here in the studio with me because I just have so many questions. You know, um, you'll hear people joke about, oh, well, you know, gosh, after that Mardi Gras or after that cruise, I'm really going to have to detox. But when it comes to detoxing, You all are in the serious business of saving lives. Tell us a little bit about what you all do at NOLA Detox. Well, NOLA Detox is a 48-bed inpatient detox program located on the West Bank of New Orleans. Uh, We cater to the needs of the entire New Orleans community, but we also have people who come from all over the country to get care in New Orleans. Uh, We offer uh, medication-assisted treatment which is uh, the utilization of medication to help people feel comfortable during the detox from alcohol or drugs. We keep them very comfortable, we keep them safe, and then we engage them in a clinical treatment program that's typically followed by an extended outpatient program once they've completed treatment at our inpatient facility. We do have a network of outpatient facilities located across the state of Louisiana, so people do come from all over the place uh, to get care. Primarily, we focus on the New Orleans population. The biggest question people have typically is, can I get sober in New Orleans? Is New Orleans a place that I can get sober? In fact, people think New Orleans is probably the last place that I can get sober. But the reality is, is that we are a city that knows how to party, a city that knows how to have fun, a city that knows how to appreciate life and really engage in all the great things it has to offer. And my experience has been that cities that know how to party also know how to recover better than anybody else. So we, our goal is to make New Orleans the center of recovery for people all over the country to come and get care. How did you all get into this business? NOLA Detox is a relatively new entity in, in the market, isn't it? It is. We got into the business the honest way through sobriety and recovery. Um, We're both in long-term recovery from addiction. Uh, We both have a lot of business experience in various backgrounds. And we came together because we saw a huge void in our market for quality addiction treatment services. There are people out there doing it, but there's not enough. So what we wanted to do is really improve treatment for the entire community. And so, you know, Chris's background in hospitality, mine in healthcare, we're doing hospitality-focused healthcare. 
you know, Chris and I both come from families with high-profile dads. Um, mine's been at Audubon for 50 years. You know, his dad obviously is Al Copeland. And we found each other because of, I do believe in many ways, the connection of our own personal experiences of being raised in New Orleans families uh, that are well-known. And we both struggled with addiction ourselves. And the fact that Chris is able to take what he's learned as a child, what he's learned professionally, and incorporate this hospitality focus to an industry that was so desperately needing improvement in its care. The work that Chris is doing in his hospitality focus is actually keeping people in treatment longer because they're comfortable, because we're giving them food that they can relate with, you know, New Orleans food that feels good. It feels like home. We're reconnecting them with ways that they can start enjoying life again by utilizing New Orleans culture. Absolutely. We, uh, at NOLA Detox, we try to create a different experience than anyone else has done before. So if you're into, you're at our residential detox facility, you're going to have a queen bed, pillow top mattress as if you would have in a hotel. These are things that are not typical of a treatment center, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to have a 40-inch TV in every room. So you have uh, some TV you can watch and enjoy. There's no reason to take the TV away. Most importantly, great food, right? So we've developed a menu for our patients. So they, they're going to get six to seven items a day. It's coming from Copeland's Restaurant for every day of the week, every meal period of the week. So instead of you know, going to a cafeteria and maybe having one or two items, you have six or seven per meal period. So if you want a salad with grilled shrimp or things like that, we have that. If you want shrimp etouffee, you want uh, gumbo, we can do that, shrimp po' boys. And then we have like cheeseburgers. We have a little bit of everything. So each patient gets to customize their meal on a lunch, dinner time period. So it's, uh, it's really a unique experience. Nobody is doing it like that. Most importantly, one of my favorite things is the hot cookies and milk every night. We bake them fresh cookies and milk, chocolate chip cookies every night before they go to bed so they have the smell of it. Um, they have the aroma, and, and uh, they go to bed with full tummies every night, guarantee you. What's the dining experience like? So they get to order these foods, then how and where do they eat it? What's breakfast, lunch, and dinner time like at NOLA Detox? It's a community event. It, it's absolutely, I mean, they're together, they're eating together, they're sharing stories. There's, you know, we come from different walks of life, right? It doesn't matter your education, your financial status. It doesn't matter. If you have this disease, it's going to affect all walks of life. So when we all get in a room and we all get cleaned up, you, you find that we're, we're all very similar, and uh, you would be amazed the bonds that are formed in recovery. And I, we help them and they help each other. And that's kind of what builds the long-term recovery. Well, I am sure that the two of you all have countless stories of the ways that you all have changed people's lives. Are there any particular tales you'd like to tell us? Well, I can tell you that Chris and I have both had experiences where we've been in public. This is 
multiple times. It happens frequently where people just come up to us out of the blue and say, hey, I just want to say thanks to NOLA Detox for, uh, for sobriety. And they tell us their stories about being in our program. Um, they, they, they're wearing our T-shirts, the NOLA Detox T-shirts, because they get that while they're in treatment with us or the, our hoodies. Um, so just to see our program in action, to see our program in action and to see recovering people that have been through our program is what keeps inspiring us to do this. There are certainly businesses that are easier to manage out there than an addiction treatment program, but this is so deeply rewarding, and we can see the impact that the work that our staff and our team are really making in our community. We truly have the ability to save lives on a daily basis, and I love feeding people. I've come from the restaurant business to hotel business, you know, taking care of people and customers. This is just different, right? I get to still do that with the patients, but this is saving lives. Like, people come in so defeated, so hopeless and sad and just beaten down, and they walk out a different person. Absolutely. And we've moved out to closer to the, the facility. So when you go into the grocery store, when you go into the gas station, we're seeing our patients, and they're like, hugging us and saying, you, you guys saved our lives. And like, there's no greater gift than that. And you probably sometimes don't even recognize them because of what recovery really looks like. That's right. You know, it's, it's inspiring to us and actually to our own personal recovery to see other people out there recovering. It, it really, we found a real spiritual connection to the work that we do. How, how's the cost handled? Well, we're in network with almost every insurance company. So insurance does typically pay for treatment. More frequently, we hear from people, how can I dedicate the time to getting away from my family? How do I leave my kid for a few weeks? You know, I have responsibilities. I have a job. But the reality is, is that this very small investment of time is going to impact the rest of your life. So it's a small investment of time, small investment of money because insurance typically pays for it. Really, it's, you just got to do it. You know, if you feel like you need treatment, let's do it today. Whether you call NOLA Detox or call someone else, don't wait to get care. Do it today. Absolutely. I, I do want to tell you that there's, you know, one of the things about addiction is relapse. It happens. It's a symptom of the of the disease. So if, if they're out there and you're like, God, we've tried this a million times, well, this could be the time, right? I always say if they're, if your loved one, your friend, your wife, your daughter, your brother needs help, help them get the help they need. Help them get through the doors one more time because it may be the difference between life and death. And uh, we've had amazing success because of the things we do. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. That was Chris Copeland and Dan Foreman of NOLA Detox, an addiction treatment and recovery center in New Orleans. That's it for this week's edition of Louisiana Eats, edible content for Louisiana food lovers. 
Catch up on previous editions of Louisiana Eats on poppytooker.com, where over a decade of Louisiana Eats is available for pod and webcasting, along with recipes and cooking class videos, too. And don't forget to rate us on your preferred podcast platform. We'd like to welcome our new major sponsor, Blue Plate Mayonnaise. When your poor boys, potato salads, and rumelade need that authentic New Orleans flavor, Blue Plate Mayo, that's the good stuff. And big thanks to our returning flagship sponsor, Dickie Brennan and Company. Happy Hour is back. Tuesday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. at the Black Duck Bar, upstairs at Dickie Brennan's Palace Cafe on Canal Street. With live music, a new oyster bar featuring crudo and other cold seafood selections, and as always, the largest rum selection in the South. Dickie Brennan's Palace Cafe serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner Tuesday through Sunday weekly, with jazz brunch on weekends. Louisiana Eats is also made possible with major support from Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen, Louisiana Fish Fry, Crystal Hot Sauce, Rouse's Markets, Visit the North Shore, and Camellia Beans, celebrating their innovative new product, Beans for Two. Camellia's new Red Beans for Two and White Beans for Two include everything needed to cook two authentically seasoned bowls of beans, scaled for today's smaller households. Learn more at CamelliaBrand.com. And from D'Agostino Pasta, celebrating our culture with fleur-de-lis, crawfish, and alligator-shaped pastas. All handcrafted in Louisiana, just as it's been done in Sicily for centuries. Visit D'AgostinoPasta.com to learn more. Original theme music composed by David Pomerleau and performed by Johnny Sketch and the Dirty Notes. Big thanks to senior producer Joe Schreiner, producers Blake Longlinay and Steve Himmelfarb, with writing contributions from Becky Retz, and to our business manager and social media maven, Maddie Mulladew. Catch up with us anytime on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, too. Louisiana Eats is a production of Poppy Tooker Broadcasting. (laughs) 